1: hello and welcome to the career confidant we're so happy that you've joined us here today this is your host marie zimanoff and you're in for another treat today as we continue talking about tools and resources that you need to be successful in your career long term today we have lorraine rise with us and lorraine is both a experienced manager and leader as well as a former HR professional, and now a career provider, a career services professional. So we've got a great background from Lorraine on a topic that is near and dear to most of our hearts today is as we look at the data that says 70 some percent of people want to move into a different job, people are disengaged, they're struggling at work. And so I was very excited when Lorraine suggested this topic of talking about how you can be more engaged at work. And she's going to take us through three steps to be more engaged at work. So thank you so much for joining us here today, Lorraine.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Marie. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so we're so happy to have you. And I'm sure that all of my listeners have seen some of the same articles I've seen, where people are always talking about engagement. And as I said, there's this research around people being disengaged at work. But before we jump too far into that, it's helpful to talk about what we mean when we talk about being engaged at work. So tell me a little bit about how you define engagement at work.
2: Sure. Yeah. And Marie, I think a lot of people have different definitions of what that means. And I know that companies are really out there trying to figure out, you know, who what employees are engaged in and what does this mean and how can we get them more engaged? And so I think at the simplest level, to me, being engaged at your job means being more than just physically present, but emotionally present. You're you're mentally, physically, and emotionally there. And, and I would call it being invested. You know, you feel like you really have a stake in things and you are invested in the outcomes of the projects that you are working on. And, and you really, you care about what's going on and the people that you work with and the, the assignments that you have. I think that when you can say that you have kind of an emotional investment in in your job that you are pretty well engaged. And also, I think a certain level of commitment, at least to a certain amount. I know that, you know, these days that employer and and employee loyalty is kind of eroded. (laughs) You know, that we really don't have a lot of that. People aren't staying at jobs as long as they used to. But I think to a certain extent, when you feel at least a certain level of commitment to the company and commitment to the work that you're doing, I think at that point it's safe to say that that you are engaged. Um, you know, so when you generally find yourself just not caring anymore about outcomes, not caring about the people or complaining or, you know, wishing you were really that you were somewhere else, I think at that point you can say that you're disengaged. You know, it really goes beyond just kind of having a bad day here and there because we all have that. But when it becomes chronic and it just kind of becomes a way of life for you at your job, I think that's when you've kind of disconnected Um, so for me I would say it's about being more than just physically present It's about being emotionally present at your job and and truly caring about the work that you're doing
1: yeah and as you said you're actively engaged in trying to achieve something maybe not necessarily uh, you've got the most interesting project but when you're engaged at work you're you're trying to do well trying to achieve the, the goals and maybe even trying to put together the pieces for what makes you happy at work um, even if you are unhappy you can be unhappy and engaged if you're trying mm-hmm. to find something that will will work right mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely absolutely I think that there's um, you know there's a lot of Time and, and money and studies all being done. I think companies are kind of out there scrambling to figure out how, how do we get people to be more engaged? How do we get them to stay on board longer? And meanwhile, I think that a lot of job seekers are kind of scrambling to figure out how do, how do I enjoy being here more? How do I get the most out of it and uh, and I think a big big piece of this comes from kind of asking you know whose responsibility is it to be for your engagement because employers are taking I think a lot of responsibility in trying to establish good cultures which is important um, but then then again I think the employee plays a role in it too it's it's a little bit of a shared responsibility there but um, it's employee engagement I, I think that you would probably would agree, Marie, it's a big buzzword <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's a big thing that everyone's trying to kind of figure out is how do we, how do we define it and how do we capture it? So. Well,
1: and at the end of the day, there's obviously return on investment for an employer if employees are engaged.
2: Mm-hmm. But I
1: think that sometimes our, our employees forget us, our, us workers, uh, our colleagues forget that really it's a lot of it's not healthy for us to be disengaged. So, as you're saying, it's maybe the employer's re- employer's responsibility to some level, but it hurts us every day to go to work somewhere we don't like. So, there's some responsibility for us to be engaged, which I know is part of what we're going to talk about today.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always try to encourage employees or clients that I work with rather to to be that employee, to be engaged and take responsibility for as much of it as you possibly can. You know, the employer absolutely has um, an obligation to create a good work environment, to be ethical, to be positive. You know, there's a lot that they can do on their end to to provide a good working environment for you, but you've got to take it from there. You know, you have to show up for this job in the best way that you possibly can, and that's something that I really try to empower my clients to do when I when I coach them and they're feeling dissatisfied at the job is, you know, how can you show up better? How can you take responsibility
1: for this yourself? So you're right. It works both ways, absolutely. Now, i And the data goes up and down, but it's usually fairly high, the number of folks that are disengaged or or actively disengaged at work, typically somewhere around 70%. Mm -hmm. What, in your viewpoint, is causing that? What's going on? Hmm.
2: Well, there's there could be a lot of lot of things, but it I know, I guess in my experience um in coaching clients, I, I think it usually comes down to probably one of two ways. So for some people, they simply may not be in the right career. That job really just may not be a good, match for them and i I have had a number of clients who i've worked with and I, i work primarily with older i would say mid to late career folks and a lot of them maybe stumble into something at an early age just because maybe it was offered to them or you know they got into the family business something like that and they just stay there and i think they kind of wake up one day 20 years later and go I don't really like this job. <laughs> this isn't. This is just something I've been doing. It isn't necessarily the best use of my skills or my talents. And so I've had clients kind of have that awareness and go, "Okay, I think the problem is that I'm not really a fit for this job. I've just been on autopilot. I've just been doing it because I I fell into it. You know, a number of years ago. So I think you always have to kind of check in with yourself and and ask yourself that question again is this still the right career for me? Because people change. People evolve. Their needs, their interests, their priorities. You're not necessarily the same person that you were 10 years ago, even five years ago. So sometimes I think we have to reevaluate, is this still the right career for me? Is this still the the work that I want to be doing? And maybe is that why I've, I've become disengaged? So I think just making sure that the job really is a match for you and and utilizes your skills and your talents and something that you still want to be doing. And I think the second reason sometimes is perhaps people have the right job, but they're just not at the right company. They're not in a good company culture. This is something I really, really try to educate clients on a lot is not just taking a job because it's, you know, oh, I'm looking to be a project manager. Great. Well, there's a dozen of them out there. Be thoughtful, be intentional about the company that you work for because that can be a big source of disengagement is if you're at a company that is just not maybe culturally a good match for you with their values or just their environment. So sometimes it's the job, sometimes it's the company. I, I typically find it's kind of one of those two things, but it, it is a pretty complex issue. There's a lot of things that can play into it. People can be disengaged because they're bored, maybe they're under challenged. um, And sometimes I think it it could even be something at home that's kind of pulling your attention away and it has nothing to do with work. Maybe you just can't focus on work and you've got other things going on. It's a really complex issue. But I guess I have found that people either need to reevaluate whether that job is right for them or reevaluate whether that company is right for them.
1: Well, and it sounds like the first step is that introspective piece of what's really going on here. Is mm-hmm. this my boss? Is it the whole company? Is it what the company does? Is it my, you know, my role isn't challenging anymore? And really taking the time to figure out what is causing the disengagement, both so they can implement some of the steps that we're going to talk about next, and then mm-hmm. also so that they can make sure they don't jump out of the frying pan into into the fire, so to say, right?
2: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, there absolutely are times when, you know, you you do that introspection, like you said, and and you may come to the realization that, yes, you do need to change jobs. Maybe it is it is the company or it, it is the job. And so a change is necessary. But I think sometimes people may come to the realization that maybe the job doesn't need to change. Maybe they need to change. Maybe they need to show up better or ask for different works or different work or different projects, or um, you know, maybe they need to have a shift in perspective or even just a transfer into another department, you know, sometimes it doesn't always necessitate a complete change. And I, I always want clients to really make sure they're asking themselves those questions so they're not making a move when they didn't have to. Maybe there is a way you can be happier at this job. Maybe you don't have to change. It doesn't always come down to that. but. Sometimes people may, may jump the gun too soon if they're not really asking themselves, okay, what change can I make? How can I show up better maybe or differently at this job? So yeah, it, it could be any of those things.
1: Good, yes, well, and we're gonna talk about when we come back from our, our short break here, the steps that you can take to have more accountability, have more of an active role in being engaged at work it's part of what we do every day or every you know maybe even 10 hours a day eight hours a day if we're lucky in the u.s so it's it's good for us to take that ownership and to make sure that we're doing what we can do to be engaged so we're going to take a short break and when we come back lorraine is going to share her steps that you can take to be more engaged at work we'll be right back in just a few minutes
3: and Dr. Kim Turnage. America Business Channel.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new
0: shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant, and this is your host, Marie Ziminoff. Today, we are talking with Lorraine Rise a career coach and and resume writer with also an HR background and a management background a wonderful perspective for our topic today which is around how you can be more engaged at work and we've talked a little bit about what engagement means in general and some of the steps you might take to think about why you're disengaged to identify kind of that introspective voice of of what's going on what's making me unhappy here And now we're going to dive into some of the steps that Lorraine shares with her clients about how you can take ownership for your engagement and be more engaged in your current job. So Lorraine, take it away here. What should people be doing to take more ownership and and be more engaged every day at work?
2: Yeah, I think the very first thing that you need to do kind of goes back to what we were saying first is um, take responsibility for your own engagement. I want all, all job seekers or all you know employees to understand that you play a role in this. You have some power and some control in this situation, and and you know when you when people make a change that is on their own terms, that's what they're most motivated to do, right? So if you decide that I'm going to show up for this job. I'm going to do my best. And you're doing it for yourself, not just the employer. It's so much more impactful and you're so much more motivated to to do it. Right. So when I say take responsibility for it, and I want you to do it for yourself, too, and not just the company, because like you said, Marie, it's going to make you feel good to know that you are doing your best, that you are Motivated, and, and that you're really being the best employee that you can be. So take responsibility for your share of it, and and for the experience that you have at this job, because really you're in charge of your experience. You are in in your career, and in everything, really, in life. I believe that. So I think it's really important to uh, number one just just own it, own your own engagement, absolutely. And then number two, I would say make a concentrated effort to focus on what you do like about your job. Because even if you are in a bad situation or in a job that you don't feel aligned with, I am sure there are positive things about it. I'm sure there are things that you can be grateful for. You know, are you grateful for the income it provides you, for the security that it has, for the coworkers that you know, or the skills that you've learned, whatever it may be, there is nearly always a a number of things that you can find to actually be grateful for in any situation. And so what I tell clients is make a list, make a list of at least 10 things that you can be grateful for about this job or that you enjoy or are positive about it. And at first, some clients might think, oh, 10, no, no way. I can't think of 10 things I like about this job. But I bet you can. I I would really challenge someone to try and do that and make sure that you are giving equal weight and equal importance to the things that you like about this job and not just giving all the weight and all the importance to the things that you don't like. I think we really have a tendency to get caught up in office politics and gossip and the negativity and really lose sight of of the good things. That can happen in a lot of areas of life, but Certainly when you're in kind of a negative job, it's easy to really get stuck in that cycle of negative thinking. And it and then it becomes worse than it really is a lot of times. So I would say step two is, is focus on what you do like and, and make that list about what is good about this job. What does it provide you, not just what it doesn't. And then the third thing I would say is Follow your curiosity and and do more than the minimum. I, f- I feel that curiosity is one of the most underrated characteristics. And if you bring just a little dose of of that curiosity to work, I think that you'll be a lot more engaged. And what I mean by this is when I whenever I um, when I was working you know in the corporate world and I wasn't self employed, I always wanted to do more than the minimum. I always would ask questions and try to learn more about what the company was doing. And even if it didn't relate to me directly, I would ask a lot of questions and get curious and and try to learn more and do more than the minimum. And it really enriched my experience a lot. And, And I understood the business better. I understood the big picture and not just my role. So I would say as much as you can, don't limit yourself to just knowing what you need to know for your role. You know, maybe, and if you really feel like the role you're in is not right for you. Ask your boss, can you work on a different project? Can you get transferred? You know, sometimes your current role can transform itself somehow if you just are willing to ask the question. And and I think there's really something to be said too for initiating career conversations. This is something I used to do with my boss, who was an HR director years ago. Um, we would just, it wasn't wouldn't be my performance review or anything, but we would just once every two months sit down and talk. How am I liking it? What, what do I want to learn? What do I want to do? And she would give me extra projects that weren't part of my job description. And this was a phenomenal way for me to learn more, stay engaged, not get bored, and just get more out of the job, but also give more. You get and you give more when you do that. So I would say just, number one, take responsibility, own your engagement. Number two, focus on the positive things and what you do like. And number three, follow your curiosity and do more than the minimum. Really initiate um, new, new projects and new responsibilities for yourself. And I, I think that that will go a long way for a lot of people.
1: Yes, and the ideas there are things that are very practical, they're actionable, they're, they're ways that, that folks can do something right now in the job that they're in. And as mm-hmm. you said, it, it takes some um, thought about, you know, before you have these conversations, you want to think about what you do like, what you want more of. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than going to your boss and, and just complaining. Mm-hmm. So having the thought before those before those conversations around what is it that you want more of? What is it that you do like about your job that maybe you can build on? Um, and then, as you said, you can have those career conversations with with your boss or with your team about what what else might be possible mm-hmm. in that curious mindset and, and dig out some opportunities. But if you don't know what you want more of or what you want to, what skills you want to use, et cetera, you might end up um, – getting more of something you don't want. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Right. And I th- I think that nearly anybody who's ever been a boss and ever managed other people would probably say they would rather an employee come to them early on and say, hey, look, you know, I'm feeling under challenge. I'm feeling this or that. What else can I do rather than being silent about it and then leaving when they when they could have stayed and they could have been more. I always wanted to be in communication with my employees whenever I manage people. And I would much rather somebody come to me and be honest and tell me if something's not working for them, because I might be able to fix it. I might be able to help them. So I think that a good boss, at least most bosses, but certainly a good boss would appreciate you initiating that and being transparent so that you can fix it while it's still small rather than leading down the road. So I think, I think it's good for both the company and for you and for the, for the employee.
1: But it's interesting because I, I I'm have sure you've read similar articles that make this sound like a millennial phenomenon, right? Millennials <laughs> want more. Millennials want to be the boss. But I have found this to be true. And you say you work with older job seekers. Uh-huh. Everybody wants meaning. Everybody wants to to feel like they're doing meaningful work and to, to have challenge. So I think that it's how you communicate it, not necessarily that um, that you don't, that you can't communicate it. You know, I'm a millennial and I don't want to have that, the stigma, et cetera. It's just figuring out how to communicate it, not that you don't get to.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And it's something that I think, you know, that a lot of folks really could benefit with by learning how to have that conversation, how to confidently communicate that you're right. It's whether you're young or midlife or older, it doesn't matter. We all want to be engaged and have a purpose and enjoy our jobs. And uh, so I think that these, these three tips really would apply to anyone, no matter what stage they're at in their career. Definitely.
1: So Lorraine, we've enjoyed having you on so much. Your tips, so actionable, practical for our listeners. Tell people how they can get a hold of you, how they can stay connected with you and and get more of your wisdom
2: oh thank you sure so I would say the easiest way is to go to my website which is worksmartcounseling.com that's the name of my company Work Smart Career Counseling. but uh, the web address is just worksmartcounseling.com they can sign up to, to be on my email list if they'd like I do have a little free gift that if you can uh, get in your inbox if you opt in and uh, and I also have a show myself on Inflow Radio my show is called Career Uprising so I'm a big fan of the podcast <laughs> kind of platforming so, um, but yeah, I would say you, you can certainly find me on Facebook and, and LinkedIn under Work Smart Career Counseling or my website, WorkSmartCounseling.com.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lorraine, and um, hopefully people will check that out and get more of the their great tips from you. We're, being engaged at work is is. As we know, and the and the research shows, it's key to not only being happy, but also being more successful and making more money. So whatever way you use to measure success, most of the Gallup data would say that being engaged at work will help you get there. So thank you for your tips and, and ways that people can take ownership of that engagement and make sure that they are being engaged every day at work in their own way and in any way they can be. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Marie. Well said. <laughs> All right. So, Lorraine Rise, WorksmartCounseling.com, and Lorraine Rise, R I S E. So, mm-hmm. feel free to look her up and stay connected with her. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back to the show as, as we do and break it down for you, give you some more tips. So, keep listening and join us after this break right here on the Career Confidant.
0: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
2: Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career
1: Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today, we're talking with Lorraine Rise about how you can be more engaged at work, and she brought up some three practical steps that you can take to be more engaged at work we're gonna break those down go into a little bit more depth talk about how you might approach some of these conversations so that you can be effective in making this happen for yourself again you're at work however many hours a week you're at work and at some level you have the opportunity to take control over whether or not you're miserable there and of course none of us want to be miserable there The other piece of this is that we want you to be successful and happy where you are because that is the most attractive way to get recruited away. So if we aren't very successful where we are, and although we like to fool ourselves that we can be, really aren't going to be very successful anywhere where we're miserable, where we're disengaged. It just isn't, it it doesn't work that way. So the more engaged we can take the opportunity to be, the more successful we will be. And the easier it will be to move out if we decide we want to ultimately do that. In the meantime, how do we be more successful and happy every day at work? Maureen talked about the first step kind of being take charge, take ownership, decide that you want to be happy. I hear people talk about passion and purpose a lot. And when we talk about passion and purpose, often people talk about it as something that you go out and find. Or people even talk about meaningful work in this way of something I go out and find. And in all the work I've done with thousands of clients, I've found that most of the time it doesn't work that way. Moving from a for-profit business to a non-profit business will not necessarily mean that you're going to find meaningful work. Why? Because meaningful work might be defined differently to you than you think it is. Maybe you think working for a company whose mission is more um, more altruistic will make it more meaningful. But if your real desire and the real thing that is making work not meaningful for you is the type of work you do, the actual tasks you do every day, If you go to a nonprofit and still do tasks that don't feel meaningful every day, it's not necessarily going to to matter or matter as much as you need it to, to, to quote unquote, feel like you're doing meaningful work. Same idea with purpose or passion. These are things that are cultivated. They're things that we create. They're not things that we find. So you're not going to find a passion necessarily. And if you have a passion, Sometimes that works to do it for work, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, when we're unhappy at work, it might be because we're not exercising our passion enough outside of work. We're not giving ourselves the free time, the freedom to go and do those things we love to do outside of work. Does't necessarily mean we have to make our passion part of work or or all of work. Might be ways to incorporate your passion more into your work, but that can be done even where you are today. One of my colleagues tells a story about a CFO he was working with, finance guy, right? Straight, narrow numbers, who loved to cook. Was leaving a CFO job to be a, a chef his way of pursuing his passion? Probably not. There's a lot of other realistic life things there that, that get in the way of that. And as you've probably heard stories from friends and family, sometimes when you take a passion and do it all day, every day, it, ruins the passion. So what the CFO did instead was create a annual dinner where his group got together and they cooked a gourmet meal together. And he kind of led the show and they had a group meal. And it was an awesome way for the group to come together for him to work his chef passions into work. And I'm hoping that he also figured out ways to be more engaged in his chef activities outside of work and on a more regular basis that's taking care of our passion doesn't necessarily mean we have to bring it to work or do it every day for work some people yes some people no. that's just not how it works and that's okay so when you have that nagging or that feeling of oh my gosh i've got to find my passion that's not necessarily the answer to being more engaged at work purpose Purpose to me is a little bit different than passion. Purpose is how you make a difference every day. Purpose is how you show that you're engaged every day because it's how you take control of what you deliver every day. So your purpose at work is really that place where you and the value that you create and the company's needs connect. What happens to a lot of us is that we get disconnected from our purpose at work. We don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. It starts to feel very routine and, oh my gosh, I'm just doing all this detailed stuff that doesn't really matter or all these administrative, administrative tasks that don't matter because we don't see how they add value for us in our career and in the company in the organization and how they add value to other people. Sometimes one might be more important than the other. But every day that you do something at work, you have the opportunity to connect it to how it adds value for you. You have an opportunity to see how that skill could move you forward. You have the opportunity to exercise a a skill, gain experience that can help you in your next world. But you can't do that successfully if we're not engaged in what we're doing every day. You're not doing good work, you're not learning anything. If you are just going about things, or you know, that's kind of disengaged, or if you are actively disengaged and trying to make things worse, right? You're not getting anything out of it. So you have that opportunity every day to connect what you do to how it has value for you longer term. And to how it adds value for your customers, your company, your coworkers, whoever it is that might externally get value from what you do every day. My husband always says when we go on vacation that everyone's in charge of their own fun. And what he means by that is that everyone's in charge of knowing what they want to do or, you know, identifying it at some point and speaking up saying, hey, this is something that I'd like to do. And sometimes everybody's fun looks different, right? When we go on vacation, my fun often is to actually sit still for a minute. <laughs> so I don't do that very often at home. Whereas his idea of fun is more adventurous. So we got to find a happy medium, but in the end, we're both in charge of our own fun. We're in charge of communicating what it is that we need and knowing knowing what that is so that we can communicate it. And maybe even in some times, in some ways, going off and doing what we need to do to have our own fun and then coming back together later, right? There's nothing that says that you have to get all of your fun from your company, which is what I was talking about in terms of going off and exploring your passions outside of work. So you're in charge of your own fun. You're in charge of your own experience. You're in charge of what you do every day at work. Now, in some ways, this starts to feel like a little bit of a marriage conversation to me, Uh, but work is a lot like a marriage. You spend a lot of time there. Conflict arise because of that amount of time you're spending there. Some days are great. Some days are bad. And just like a marriage, when you start focusing on the bad things, it is an inevitable that it will start to unravel. So Lorraine's second step was focus on the good. Find those good things every day. Write down those things that you appreciate about your job. She said to create a list of 10 things that you appreciate about your job. If you've been involved in any kind of mindfulness practice or appreciative practice, they tell you to find, you know, journal one, two, three things every night that you are appreciative about whatever it is that you're struggling with. This is because it flips your mind to look for those positives. And when you look for those positives, the world is a different place. We're not talking about Pollyanna. We're not talking about, uh, you know, we, we feel good. This is real brain-based strategies that work because of how the, the neural transmitters in your brain work, that when you focus on something, it grows. When you focus on something, you realize more of it. So as soon as you start focusing on the negative, oh my gosh, doesn't it just get worse? You have all these more negative things that you see. Pick, 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 right? And you've seen this happen in relationships, maybe in marriages, maybe in sibling relationships. And usually they come to a big boiling point when everyone gets mad at each other and then they start over. We don't really have the luxury of that at work and probably not the best thing for our personal relationships either so when you start to notice yourself falling into that pattern where noticing the negatives is automatic you have to do something very clear and active and these are nice brain-based strategies to flip the script to take it from automatically recognizing those negative things to looking for the positive. And then you actually will start automatically recognizing those positive things. And all of a sudden you'll be happier at work, even though maybe nothing changed. And it might mean that it might not mean you still don't want to leave, but in the meantime, boy, wouldn't it be nice to not be miserable every day. You have control over that. You have control over how you go to work every day and, and what you look for in those work relationships work experiences and if you're going to move forward you're going to move on you want to know what things you really enjoy doing because that's going to be a much better job search than just searching for well i know i don't want to do this i know i don't want to do that i know i need to stay away from this there's only so much of that mentality that you want in your job search you want to know These are the things I love to do. This is the type of organization I really would like to work for. These are the best of the best of where I've been that I want to build on. And being able to recognize that while you're still working would be very helpful for you as you move forward. Those are the introspective pieces that we can do before we go into having any kind of conversation with our current manager, current boss. And here's a lot what happens to People. They say, Oh, I need to leave this job. I hate this manager. This, you know, this is never going to work. Nothing's ever going to happen here. That may be true. And if you leave that job without talking to that manager, at least trying to have this conversation, most likely you're going to jump out of the frying pan into the fire. Because it's not going to be any easier at the next job to have this conversation. And guess what? Nothing is perfect. You're always going to have to have some kind of a conversation about what it is that you want, what you need, what you want more of, what makes you happy. And if you do it in, I'm not going to say the right way, because I don't think there's a right way, but if you do it in the a way that is not all about you If you do it in a way where you've thought through it before you get there, and if you kind of do it little by little, it's a lot easier than if you have to walk in and say, you know, I'm fed up, I'm tired of this. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm leaving. Probably not going to go over so well. And, And a lot of times people get to the point where they feel like that before they leave, and most of them don't have the conversation at all, and then they don't know any better how to have it when they get fed up with the next job. So, we're going to take a short break when we come back. We're going to talk about that step three. So, how can you have more curiosity? How can you seek out some additional opportunities to be happier at work? And how can you have that conversation with your manager um, and maybe even your team on a more regular, ongoing basis so that it's a natural progression for you to continue to do more of what you want, to add more value for yourself? and to add more value for the company. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
3: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today, we've been talking about how you can be more engaged at work. We had Lorraine Rise here from WorkSmart Career Counseling, and she was sharing her three steps to be more engaged at work. Step one, take responsibility. Do what you can do, right? Be in charge of your own fun. There's no one that's going to do it for you in most areas of life, right? So be in charge of your own fun. Know what you want to do and, and find ways to be happier at work, to be more engaged at work. Number two, focus on the good things. There's nothing more perpetuating than our own thoughts. When we're thinking about what we don't like at work, when we're focused on that, it grows. We can flip that by being conscious about recognizing the positive, writing those things down, journal it, make a list, whatever whatever you want to do. If you are enjoying wallowing in the misery of being unhappy at work, there's nothing anyone can do for you. But I tell you what, if you're wanting to be more happy and your work and life in general, you have control over that and you can do that by focusing on the positive for now. And then, of course, that doesn't mean that we might stop looking or that things are going to fix themselves. But in the meantime, we can find the positives and try to focus on those while we also try to make a move or take some of the other actions. So those other actions you can take kind of fit into her step three in terms of have curiosity. Look for those opportunities to do the things that you want more of. First, that means you've got to know what those are. Identify your strengths. Journal about the things you really love to do. I use a process called appreciative inquiry when I do this with clients where we go back through some of their prior work history, and look for the bright spots. When were you happy? When were you enjoying it? What was going on then? What made it enjoyable? And how could you build some of those experiences into your work today? Maybe there are some external projects you could volunteer for, or internal projects you could volunteer for, or special committees that might help you get that skill. And how can you seek out those opportunities? And then Lorraine talked a little bit about having that conversation with your boss. Now, a lot of you may not feel like I have a good enough relationship to go in and have a conversation about what I need. That's a bad place to be. I'm sorry. And if you don't feel like you are in a place where you can have the conversation about what I need, start to have little drips in the bucket. So when you're meeting with your team, share with them wow, I really enjoyed this. You know, if you need help with something like this again in the future, you let me know. When you're talking with your manager and your meetings with, with your manager, thank you so much for the opportunity to work on that project. It really gave me a chance to use X and be specific. Be specific about what it is that is that skill or strength or task that lights your fire. Thank you for that opportunity. If something like that comes up in the future, please let me know doesn't have to be a huge conversation doesn't have to be sitting down and talking about how you can adjust your job if that's not where you feel like you're at with your manager just start to put in those little positive drips when things really excite you when you really enjoyed them when they gave you a chance to use a skill that you feel like is really beneficial and then the next level of conversation might be asking those questions and some of this may be actual verbal questions and some may be questions you're asking yourself in those meetings, in those conversations. So how could I use your my skill in X knowing that the organization is trying to do Y? Go to the company meetings. Read the company emails. Know what the company is trying to achieve and think about how you can contribute. Then in the same small way, you can start to make Remarks about that, start to put in your input, ask questions that connect those dots, show how you can add value based on the skills that you want to use. These are your small opportunities to make sure people know what you like to do. If your manager doesn't know what you like to do, there's really no way they can connect the dots for you, even if they wanted to. If they don't want to, you will start to at least be paying attention to what you like, what you want more of, and be able to communicate that to the future. And perhaps if your team or someone else in those conversations that you're having on a regular basis hears what you're saying, you might get an opportunity that doesn't necessarily have to come from your manager. And if you're in the place where you can go and sit down with your manager and have this conversation, do it don't make it all about you Be, have, have thoughts have plan before you go in to where you can connect those dots these are the things you want to do more of these are where you see some opportunities that would benefit the business there's win-win opportunities there look for them start start with those where can you add value that you're also using those skills and, and strengths Other questions you can start to ask may not even have anything to do with you doing anything different. But start to connect the dots in terms of your purpose. Start to understand how what you do every day adds value for the customer, for your clients, for your team. And these are things that you can can ask. What was the end result of that? Or I know that this team got that spreadsheet that we created? Did it get them what they needed? Asking those questions, connecting those dots so that you can hear some of the feedback, one, will help you know what, whether your performance was on par or not, but two, it also helps you see the end result of what you do, even though it may not be that kind of quote-unquote altruistic end result. You may not be able to save the world, but if you can make it easier for your coworkers to do their job, that can also add to your feeling of purpose. Remember that feeling of purpose is both you growing what you need to do, getting the experiences that you want to have to move yourself forward, and then to also maybe connect what you're doing to the value it adds for others. And somewhere along that continuum, depending on your personality and your job, to make those those dots connect for your feeling meaningful and purposeful at work, which is a very important. It's a very important feeling for all of us to have, no matter what level we're at. So don't discount it, don't poo-poo it, um, and don't necessarily go searching for it in another organization, because part of that is up to you to create. So we are going to sign off for today. If you have any questions or comments for me, feel free to reach out to me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com, M-A-R-I-E at Careerthoughtleaders.com. And we'll be right here again next week with another great show. We have another guest coming next week with more information to share with you about how you can take control of your career and be happier and more successful every day in what you do. We'll see you right here again next week on the Career Confidant. <laughs>